this ordinary man that we looked at last week, the ordinary woman that we looked at the week before, they had an unexpected meeting with Jesus. They're going about their daily lives. They have this unexpected meeting with Jesus and they end up doing something extraordinary with their lives. They have an encounter with Jesus, with Jesus, right? But I was thinking about this. Their encounter with Jesus causes them to be placed in the Bible and it causes us in 2022 to be still learning from these people. That's what an encounter with Jesus can do, amen? So I just want to remind you this morning of what we've been saying. You are important to God, amen? You may think your life is just ordinary. To other people, your life may just seem ordinary, but you are important, amen? And if you give your ordinary life to God, he can do something extraordinary with it. He can use your life in a life-changing way. So we're continuing on today with the this series on encounter and today we're going to talk about Mary, Mary the mother of Jesus. Now men, this is not a license for you to switch off. Angela is up so I'm not going to listen. Mary is very relatable to both men and women I've discovered. So praise God. Let's have a look. This young woman was chosen to be the mother of Jesus. So what does it take to be chosen to be the mother of Jesus? Mm, I know that's a huge job isn't it? A lot of responsibility, amen. So she must have been special. She must have been special. She must have had something extraordinary about her. So why was Mary chosen? Well, let's have a look because I want to prove to you today that you have more in common with Mary than you think. Luke chapter 1, isn't it lovely? It's like we're launching Christmas at Alive, as Rebecca calls it, and we're jumping into a Christmas scripture straight off. Luke chapter 1, verse 26. Now in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary. And having come in, the angel said to her, Rejoice, highly favored one. The Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. But when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying and considered what manner of greeting this was. Then the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son and shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called son of the highest and the Lord God will give him the throne of his father, David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever and of his kingdom, there will be no end. Then Mary said to the angel, how can this be since I do not know a man? And the angel answered and said to her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore also that Holy One who is to be born will be called the Son of God. Now indeed, Elizabeth, your relative, has also conceived a son in her old age. And this is now the sixth month for her who was called barren. For with God, nothing will be impossible. Then Mary said, Behold, the maidservant of the Lord, let it be to me according to your word. Say that to yourself. Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. Okay, so you have the angel Gabriel. He appears to Mary. She's a virgin. She's engaged to a man named Joseph. The angel visits Mary, right? And he tells her that she's going to become pregnant and give birth to the son of God. Simple, everyday stuff, yeah? Yeah, no problem. This is big, amen? This is good. Angelic visits to teenage girls are not common in the Bible, amen? So something big is stirring, amen? Something big is about to happen. The angel of God turns up to this very ordinary girl, a girl getting ready to be married. 
she's getting ready to be married. I'm sure she got up that morning, had her toast and marmalade, had her cup of coffee, got washed, got dressed, put on her makeup, just like every other day. Probably, you know, a girl about to get married, we all remember it, ladies, pottering around the house, dreaming about the wedding. Wondering, you know, how far has the dressmaker gone with the dress? You know, when will she get to say yes to the dress? You know, will Betty Page do a good job designing the cake? You know, will Joseph look well on the top of it? You know, should she have lilies for her bouquet? Should she have roses? She wasn't expecting an angelic visitation, amen? But she has a conversation with the angel. And that suggests that, you know what? She is a young woman with a heart after God. She's a young woman that's aware of the things of God. Okay? And I just want to say to you this morning, you're aware of the things of God, aren't you? You know, you have a heart after the things of God or you wouldn't be here this morning. So maybe you're a little bit like Mary, maybe? Let's see. Okay, so she was a young woman who wasn't shocked to have an angelic visit. It doesn't say she was shocked or anything. Then he gives her this divine assignment. Now, I do think that maybe... If I'm honest, I may have differed from Mary here. I don't know about you. Verse 29. But when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying and considered what manner of greeting this was. You know, she wonders what manner of greeting this was. This angel appears before her and she thinks, what manner of greeting might this be? Can you imagine if God did that to you or me today? He would have to resuscitate me. (laughs) Definitely. Amen. So Mary's been given this design assignment and she's going to do something extraordinary. She's going to do something extraordinary. So who are the people that God uses to do something extraordinary? This girl is given this job profile. She's going to birth the savior of the world. That's a big deal, isn't it? Don't you think that's a big deal? I thought that was a big deal. You know, what kind of woman gets chosen to birth the son of God? She has to carry this baby and she has to give birth to this baby. Not just any ordinary baby, but the son of God. Amen. So just want to think about this for a minute. When God had a plan to send his son into a lost and broken world, he used this young, ordinary girl called Mary. And he used her as a vessel to carry Jesus into the world. Mary carried Jesus into the world. God is looking for someone to carry Jesus into the world we live in today. That's right. Amen. Amen. He's looking for someone to carry Jesus into the world we live in today. And guess what? He uses ordinary people to do it. Yeah, guess what? He can use you. Mm-hmm. He can use you. Amen. Think about it. How is God birthed into our generation? It's true ordinary people like you and me, isn't it? Yeah. You and I are born again. We're sealed until the day of redemption with the Spirit of God. And sometimes we pray, God, send revival. Have you heard that prayer? God, send revival. I remember I went to meet this woman, Christian woman that I hadn't seen in ages. And we were just going to meet for coffee and catch up, okay? And I met her anyway, and I talk catch up, kids, husbands, you know, all that sort of talk. And we got her coffee and we sat down. And the first question she asked me was, well, when is revival coming? I was stunned. I was like, what? What are you asking this question for? Sometimes for God send revival. God is saying, I already did. I sent you. I sent you. I sent you. I put my spirit on the inside of you. And I sent you into your workplace. 
I sent you into your community. I sent you into your neighborhood. I sent you into your college. I sent you into your school. I sent you. Amen. I put my spirit in you and I want you to bring my son into your sphere of influence. I sent you to birth me into your environment. Church, I know it's no news to you today that our world is chaotic. Did you know that? (laughs) Our world is desperate. Did you know that? Our world is in darkness. Amen. But I need to tell you today that the government is not the answer. Amen. Our education department is not the answer. Our health department is not the answer. Amen. Our media is not the answer. And our social media certainly is not the answer. Amen. The hope of the world is Jesus Christ. Amen. And the hope of the world is the church of Jesus Christ. The Spirit of God is living on the inside of you and the inside of me. And God is saying, I want you to birth me into your world. I want you to birth me into your world. Go into all the world. Mark 16, 15 says, and he said to them, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. We are salt and light. Amen. We have been given the same job spec as Mary. No, we're not birthing Jesus physically into the world, but he wants us to carry him in to our generation. Amen. It's the same thing. We are carriers of the spirit of God and the spirit of God is the hope of the world. Amen. That's why the church is here. The church is meant to be salt and light to a broken world. So just like Mary was called to birth God to her generation, you and I are called to birth God into our generation. But that was Mary, Angela. That was Mary. She was special. She was special. She was important. How can God use me? I'm not special. I'm not important. Hello. God uses incredibly, incredibly ordinary people. We saw Peter last week and I told you he was so ordinary uneducated, nothing special about Peter. And look what God did with Peter's life. The Samaritan woman the week before, shunned by her people, and yet God was able to use her. Mary was a teenage girl, nothing extraordinary about her. You know, there's nothing to suggest she came from a great lineage. There's nothing to suggest that she came from a great family, but she had a willing heart, amen? She was an ordinary girl with a willing heart. To do something great for God in our generation, you just, you don't need ability, amen? You need availability, amen? Amen. You need to be available to God and have a willing heart. God is looking for people who will say yes to him. Verse 38 said, then Mary said, behold, the maidservant of the Lord, let it be to me according to your word. God is looking for people who have the faith to believe that he is who he says he is and that he can do what he says he can do, amen? So he comes to this teenage girl, he gives her this divine assignment, and she accepts it. And, you know, we joked earlier about, you know, what manner of greeting this can be. But it does say that she was troubled. Naturally so, amen. This young girl has been given this huge assignment. Naturally she was troubled. The feeling of fear was normal, amen. That's why the angel says to her in verse 30, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. You see, God knows that naturally she was going to be afraid. She had reason to be concerned. Apart from this massive assignment that she's about to undertake, this is going to turn her whole life upside down. Her own plans are gone out of the window now, amen? They're gone out of the window. She is taking on a divine assignment that at this stage, only her and God know about. 
And she's about to take this on naturally, she's afraid, because this could naturally have consequences for her. How is this news going to be received? You know, Joseph might leave her. Her parents might disown her. Her community might ostracize her. Many of us are held back from doing what God wants us to do because of fear. Amen. We're afraid. We're afraid what it might cost for us to bring him into our generation. It might cost us more than we want to pay. You know, what, what could it cost? What about our reputation? You know, what will people think of us? Or maybe our relationships, you know, they might not understand. Or our time. We all like our time to be our own, don't we? What about our finances? Maybe this is going to cost me money I don't have. Or what about the, the fact that our lives might change, amen? I have plans of my own. You know, I want to go here. I want to go there. I want to do this. I want to do that. And we're afraid. We're afraid to take on what God has asked us to take on. Wherein the scripture tells us in 2 Timothy 1.7, God did not give us a spirit of fear, but of power of love and a sound mind. Amen. Fear and terror can grip us. But God didn't give us that spirit of fear. Amen. He gave us power. He gave us love. He gave us a sound mind. Mary was afraid and naturally so. And the angel told her, do not be afraid. Why did the angel tell her not to be afraid? Because God was going to work it all out for her. God was going to work it all out. As we know, he went and he, he appeared, the angel appeared to Joseph in the dream, explaining everything to him. God had all the bases covered, amen? Yeah. You know, when we, when we take on something for God, he will make a way. He will make sure there's a way for us. He will go before us. He will open the doors for us. Yeah. He will cover all the bases, amen? We just have to trust him. We just have to trust him that he'll do it. We need to bring the light and hope into the darkness, amen? We're not saved to go and cower away from the darkness. And I know that's scary, but that's the facts, guys. We weren't put here to cower away from the darkness. We're supposed to bring light into the darkness. I remember when I got saved first and started to come to church and got a revelation of just how important church, church is. I heard that saying, us four and no more. Did you ever hear that? Us four and no more. That made my skin crawl the first time I heard it. Us four and no more. That basically means that we're here in church now, there's you and me and just whatever's here in church and that's it. We're not going to invite anyone else from the world. We're not going to share the gospel with anybody else. It's, we keep it safe. Just us four and no more. That's not the way it's meant to be. Amen. Jesus wasn't crucified and raised from the dead for just us here in this room. Yeah. Amen. He went to the cross for everyone. He went to the cross for everyone in your sphere of influence. Amen. He was crucified, died, and raised from the dead to make us dangerous to the kingdom of darkness. Amen. Amen. We're supposed to bring his life into it. We're supposed to bring his love, his truth, his mercy, his kindness. Amen. We're supposed to bring all that into the world. That's what we're meant to do. The angel says, don't be afraid. He says, don't be afraid, Mary, because God's got this. You're not going to be able to work it out in the natural, but God will sort it out. You found favor with God. Guys, if God was with Mary, he'll be with us. Amen. He'll be with us. We just have to make sure that we're not afraid because fear will cause you to say no when God wants you to say yes. Amen. Amen. So what, what has fear? What has fear caused you to step back from? What has fear caused you to shy away from that God wants you to do? So fear, we're a little bit like Mary in that way, aren't we? Naturally, amen. Mm. Secondly, you know, 
when you um when God asks you to do something you need to be ready to allow God to interrupt your plans amen you know maybe you're on your way to do something different but God shows up with a different plan amen Mary was on her way to marry Joseph she was not planning on getting pregnant with the son of God amen maybe God what God has called you to do is not in your strategic plan right now it may not be in your plan but it's in God's plan amen so fear will keep you from it, of you not wanting to interrupt your plan. Also, you need to get over your butt, okay? You need to get over your butt. But God, I'm not educated. But God, I don't have enough money. But God, I'm only in college. But God, I'm unemployed. But God, I'm just a woman. But God, I'm just one man. Do you think God's in heaven scratching his head and going, oh, I had no idea. Peter, did you know he's not educated? Samaritan woman, I presume she has a name. Did you know she's just a woman? God knows all that, amen. But when we bring our butts into play, we're saying that our limitations are greater than God's supernatural ability to do something in our lives. Wow. They didn't hear that, I don't think, did they? When we bring our butts into play, we are saying that our limitations are greater than God's supernatural ability to do something in our lives. I heard somebody say recently that we need to have a buttectomy. Amen. (laughs) We need to get our butts out of the way. You know, it's not about what we cannot do, but it's about what God can do and who God is. Amen. It's not about my limitations. It's about his supernatural ability. Amen. Mary said, but how can this be? She Mary put in buts, didn't she? See, you're a bit more like Mary than you thought. And you know what? You might have to look a little bit foolish. Mary could have said to God, look, there's no such thing as a pregnant virgin. That's foolish. That's not how babies come into play. That's impossible. You see, sometimes we disqualify what God can do with us because it seems impossible. But that's where God starts. Impossible is where God starts. Amen. Miracles are what God does. There's no need for God to turn up if you're talented enough or resourced enough or educated enough. Or if you can do it in your own strength, as Enda said last week, there's no no need for God to turn up then. Sure, you can just do it in your own strength and you'll take the credit for it anyway. So, but when we're in a place where there's no human way possible, that's when God turns up. Amen. He operates in the currency of impossible and miracles. That's what he does, amen? I have a question for you. Are you living by faith? Or is your life right now so controllable and so manageable that you just don't even need faith to live it? God is asking you today, would you step out of the boat again? Maybe you stepped out before you got bitten. Would you step out again? Would you carry me into your generation? Will you be obedient and trust me with your ordinary life and let me do something extraordinary through you? And you know what? You may have to do it afraid. You know, you may have to risk certain things. You may have to risk looking foolish even. In Mary being obedient, she was acting in faith. She was fearful but, and she was risking a lot, but she did it, amen. Yeah. God asked a lot of many, many ordinary people in the Bible to do stuff didn't he? He asked them to do it and he asked them to do it and they did it. They did it afraid. They did it risking looking foolish. They did it risking other things. Noah building an ark. Why are you building an ark, Noah? I don't know. It's going to rain. What's rain? Moses, he's standing in front of the Red Sea with a stick in his hand. 
Sarah, shopping for a baby at 90. Amen. Israelites walking around the walls of Jericho with no weapons, just a chauffeur. David facing a huge giant with a slingshot. Esther going to the king without being summoned. Mary, as we said, the pregnant virgin. Wise men looking for Messiah by following a star. Peter stepping out of the boat to walk on water. Woman with the issue of blood reaching out to touch his garment. Paul and Silas chained in prison singing living hope. Amen. Little boy with the loaves and the fishes, surrounded by thousands of people, five loaves of bread and two fish. And Jesus himself, didn't he look foolish on the cross to some people? Remember, they ridiculed him, scorned him, mocked him. God is asking you now in 2022, as we head into 2023, are there any Christians out there willing to birth me into their world? Are you willing to trust him and defy logic? Are you willing to step out of the boat? Are you willing to be available? Are you willing to give everything to him and let him add his super to your natural? Because you see, if we do, we might just see the kind of results that these people we just talked about have seen. Amen? Noah and his family were saved from the flood. Moses parted the Red Sea. Sarah gave birth to Isaac at 90. Israelites saw the walls of Jericho came down. Amen. David defeated Goliath. Esther stopped a race of people being killed. Mary gave birth to Jesus, the savior of the world. Amen. The wise men, they found the Messiah. Peter, he did walk on water, didn't he? The woman with the issue of blood, she was healed. Amen. Paul and Silas, they were free. Amen. The little boy with the lunch, five little loaves of bread and two fish. He fed 5,000 men plus women and children, amen? And there was food left over. Jesus walked out of the grave and he defeated hell and he defeated death, amen? Amen. He holds the keys to hell and death. And guess what? The same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead lives on the inside of you and the inside of me, amen? God is saying, will you trust me and do it afraid? Will you take the risk? Will you dare to look foolish for the sake of the gospel? Church, Our world needs us to stand up and be counted, amen. It needs us to stand up and be counted. This world that we live in today needs to hear about Jesus. It needs to hear about him. And Enda and I were just talking about this this week. You know, the world needs to hear us talking about Jesus. But there are so many crazy Christians out there. I'm sorry, let's just call it. There's crazy Christians out there, amen. And we were just talking about it. They need to hear about Jesus, but they need to hear about him in a loving way. Amen. Not a condemning way. Amen. We have no business condemning people. Jesus never did that. John 3 and 17, John chapter 3 and verse 17 says, For God did not send his son into the world to condemn condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. When Mary birthed God's son into the world, he was born out of love for mankind. Amen. Jesus treated every person he met with love and respect, and that's what we need to do. We need to tell them about the loving Savior, amen? That's just a little side note. Jesus said it himself in John 10, 10, I have come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. The very ordinary Samaritan woman, she said yes. The very ordinary Peter, he said yes, amen? The very ordinary young girl from Nazareth, she said yes. And look what God did with their lives. He used them in a powerful way. Amen. Listen to me. Luke chapter 1 and verse 38. If you read it from the New Life Version, it says, Then Mary said, I am willing to be used of the Lord. 
let it happen to me as you have said. Then the angel went away from her. You know, I had this message all done and dusted. And I just had to add this little piece to it. Listen to me. Mary was afraid, naturally. Okay, we've discovered that. Her plans were interrupted. Okay, but she brought up the buts like we do. Amen. And she risked looking foolish to accept this, this divine assignment. But you know what? Part of her must have been excited. Think about it. She had to have been excited. We don't talk about Mary in that way at all. But she must have been excited. Look at the part she had to play. Amen. She would carry the savior of the world into the world. Amen. He came to save people from their sins. He's the answer to every issue you can think of. Amen. He brings abundant life. He's a protector. He's a provider. He's a healer. He's a deliverer. Amen. He's the hope of the world. She must have been excited. Every time Jesus kicked in her womb, she must have got a pang of excitement. Amen. The Savior is on his way and she gets to play this part in it. We get the part to play too. Amen. We can bring Jesus into our generation. Amen. That's exciting. Listen to me. That's exciting. We don't have to cower away from that. Amen. It's not embarrassing. It's nothing to be ashamed of. I've done it in the past. I've been afraid or ashamed to say something about church or something about God or whatever. But I really felt God dealing with me on that. It's exciting. This is the answer to their problems. Amen. He is their savior. He is their healer, their deliverer, their perfecter, protector, their provider. He perfects everything that concerns them. We are bringing what they need to them. Amen. Mary must have been excited. And we should be excited too. Amen. We are offering them something that's amazing. We're not offering them something that doesn't work or something that might not work. We're offering them something that works. Amen. A God that makes a way when there seems to be no way. So are you willing to allow God to use your ordinary life to do something powerful? Mm -hmm. Let it be to me according to your word. Amen. Amen.